He admitted that America is an idea that has never been lived up to. Okay, but what are we waiting for now? Why not live up to it now? Welcome to the Miko Peled Podcast. I'm going to start by reading something that I think is interesting. Here it goes. America is an idea. An idea. We hold these truths to be self-evident. We've never lived up to it, but we've never walked away from it before. And I just think we have to be more honest and let our kids know as we raise them what actually did happen. Acknowledge our mistakes so we don't repeat them. This was a tweet that was posted by candidate Joe Biden as he ran for president. And for this uh, post, for this tweet, he was very, very heavily uh, criticized by the Trump uh, campaign. But that's another story. The point is that what Joe Biden said in this tweet, what he expressed in this tweet is something that many Americans believe in. Many Americans believe that America is an idea, that America should uphold this idea and that within this idea are contained the ideals upon which America was founded, and again, which many Americans still espouse, certainly the people who voted for Joe Biden. We can assume that he meant that this idea um, includes within it ideals like democracy, human rights, um, the freedom of the press, uh, respect for um, respect for the for, for all people, regardless of their race and nationality and so forth, and also supporting the oppressed and standing with the oppressed against the oppressors. Well, just very recently, Joe Biden visited Israel and Saudi Arabia, President Joe Biden. And it's interesting to see how President Joe Biden acted and what this visit of his to Israel and Saudi Arabia represents and how diametrically opposed it is and how absolutely uh, contrary it is to the statement that he posted as a candidate. Both Israel and Saudi Arabia have horrendous human rights records. Granted, the Israelis oppress and deny rights to Palestinians. In Saudi Arabia, it's across the board. It's a dictatorship. It's run by a family of, of uh, you know, a monarchy, a family, a royal family. And these are the two countries that he decided to go and visit. The sights and the sounds that came from these meetings were very disturbing to anybody who really cares about this idea, about these ideals that Joe Biden seems to have espoused or at least expressed in that tweet as a candidate. And probably more than anything, two names, you know, were in the background. One name is Shirin Abu Akhle, the Palestinian-American journalist who was shot uh, by an Israeli sniper. And Jamal Khashoggi, a Washington Post journalist who was a Saudi and um, was killed, brutally murdered at the hands of people who were sent by the Saudi regime. And yet, 
it seems like these two instances, these two things, these two um, incidents that were really monumentally important. The murder of uh, Khashoggi, you know, was in the headlines for a very long time. In fact, Joe Biden himself, you know, stood up and, and, and claimed that MBS, who was the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, is behind the killing. Shirin Abu Akleh did not receive the same treatment. She is a Palestinian, although she's also an American citizen. Um, but still, this was an issue that's, you know, that's being talked about. So this visit to Israel and Saudi Arabia, was this in the best interest of Americans? Is the foreign policy that led President Biden to visit these two countries, to fist bump these leaders, to sit in these, uh, you know, palatial meetings with these people, sign treaties and so forth. Is this foreign policy really in the best interest of Americans? And I think the answer is categorically no. It's probably safe to say that most of the people who voted for Joe Biden would expect that two regimes that are clearly behind the murder of such high profile journalists would not benefit from the enormous, the enormous legitimacy that comes from a visit by the President of the United States. But there we are. In the case of Israel, the murder of uh, Shirin Abu Akleh, which again, several independent investigations showed very clearly that the evidence points to Israeli forces having shot and killed her, targeted her. And because she was such a high profile uh, journalist, that the command to kill her had to come up from very high up the chain of, com chain of command. But she was the only American Palestinian killed. In 2003, Rachel Corey was killed. Where's the justice for her? She was run over by, a, by an Israeli military bulldozer. Just earlier in 2022, uh, an 80-year-old man, Omar uh, Abdul-Jabbar, was arrested, handcuffed, blindfolded, and gagged, and then left to die overnight. The soldiers left him there thinking he was saying, at least, claiming they thought he was asleep. He was an American citizen too. Why is it that the American president visits a country that has this kind of a record, this kind of a history, and says nothing? Why is he allowing Israel to go on to get away with this? We can go further back. We can go to the, the attack on the USS Liberty. In uh, you know, uh, in, in 1967, these are these are this was a massive assault on on, on a U.S. Um, naval ship um, with no reason whatsoever, no provocation. It was it was it was it was in international waters and so on. But why is it that uh, that the United States allows Israel to get away with this? How is this in the interest of America, of Americans? Furthermore, Israel also has a concentration camp where two million people, two million Palestinians live without access to clean water, without access to proper nutrition, without access to medical care, and are being bombed on a regular basis and have no rights to travel, to go in or out. And this is 
maybe 45 minutes from where Joe Biden landed at what is called Tel Aviv Airport, which actually sits on occupied Palestinian city of Lid. And yet, not a word was said about this. Joe Biden landed in Tel Aviv, expressed his, his great pride at being a Zionist, which is tantamount to being proud of being a racist and supporting apartheid talked about human rights, and then the Israeli leaders talked about human rights and the greatness and how great it is that Joe Biden is such a wonderful Zionist and so forth. 30 minutes, 45 minute drive away from an international catastrophe called the Gaza Strip, where over 2 million people, over half of whom are children under the age of 18, have no access to the basic most rights, the basic most needs of human life, like water, like care, medical care, access to medical care. How is this furthering American interest? Going back to Saudi Arabia, the president um, knows, the administration knows that Saudi Arabia is a, is a vicious dictatorship, political prisoners. There's no intention whatsoever to respect the, human, the rights of, of, of people as people. committing war crimes in Yemen, and even discussing the possibility of permitting more weapons to be sold to Saudi Arabia. Who does this visit serve? Not the American people, not American interests. It serves the interests of the military industrial complex, those who make money from selling arms. It serves AIPAC, the Israeli lobby, and certainly it serves the state of Israel, which we know now because several independent human rights organizations have shown clearly, have demonstrated and published reports saying clearly that the state of Israel is engaged in the crime of apartheid, which is a crime against humanity. And Saudi Arabia, of course, the regime, the House of Saud, this royal family who runs Saudi Arabia, and now has received even more legitimacy, even though it is a dictatorship. It's a monarchy, it's a dictatorship and a monarchy. And this is the 21st century. Joe Biden said in his post, in his tweet, very clearly, that we have to be more honest. We have to let our kids know as we raise them what actually happened in the past, and we have to acknowledge our mistakes so that they're not repeated. He admitted that America is an idea that has never been lived up to. Okay, but what are we waiting for now? Why not live up to it now? If there is such an idea, if it encompasses such important ideals, such as democracy, human rights, respect for all people, supporting the oppressed, opposing warlords, opposing apartheid. The apartheid regime in Palestine, also known as Israel, was established around the same time as the apartheid regime in South Africa. The apartheid regime in South Africa fell in the early 1990s. By 1994, Nelson Mandela was president. Why is the apartheid regime in Palestine permitted to continue, and not only permitted to continue, but also receive $3.8 billion of American taxpayer money? The state of Israel, the state of Israel is a rich state. It is a wealthy country. Why is it getting foreign aid to begin with? And not only foreign aid, but the largest foreign aid package of any country in the world. Who can explain something like this? It is, tant it is, it is, it is tantamount to the worst kind of 
of mafia corruption. Allowing the state of Israel to receive that much money where it doesn't need it, and this is taxpayers' money, is absolute the worst kind of corruption. Knowing full well that it doesn't even really serve American citizens. It doesn't really serve American interests. How did it help Rachel Corey? How did it help Shirin Abu Akhle? How did it help Omar Abdul-Jabbar, 18 year old, 80 years old? How does it uh, help Americans who will choose to want to go visit, American Palestinians who want to visit Palestine, visit their families, visit their homeland, and are faced with horrible restrictions and humiliation at the border when they land in occupied Lid, which is called, like I said, the Tel Aviv airport, which is occupied Lid. You know, these are issues that have to be constantly, constantly raised. Joe Biden opened the door when he made that, when he posted that tweet. He should be held accountable. Americans should demand accountability, more accountability. So gas prices went down a little bit. This went up a little bit. That's not the issue. It's not about dollars and cents. It has to be about something bigger than that. If the people who voted for Joe Biden believe in this idea that America is supposed to represent and the ideals that are supposedly encompassed in this idea, then they have to stand up. It's time to stand up. At the next election, which is the midterm election, we need to demand more. Anybody running for any office from school board up needs to, needs to absolutely distance themselves from Zionism. They need to absolutely commit to sign Betty McCollum's uh, bill protecting Palestinian children. They have to absolutely join the campaign to save Ahmed Benasra, a poor young man arrested at 13, who is now suffering from severe mental a severe mental condition, several conditions. Doctors are afraid for his life. And what does Israel do? They placed him in solitary confinement. He's already been in solitary for months, suffering from severe mental conditions. This is a brutality and a cruelty that has no name. That's where American tax dollars need to go. So we need to demand that our, our elected officials absolutely reject Zionism. There should be zero tolerance to Zionism. Just like we demand zero tolerance for anti-Semitism and zero tolerance for all sorts of white supremacy and other, and other uh, types of racism. This is what Joe Biden had to do to go to those two countries. And of course, when the president visits, it's not he doesn't visit by himself, it's an entourage business deals, international agreements, strategic alliances, all kinds of things come into play when the president lands, when the president visits. It's a big deal. It's a huge, huge accomplishment for any government to have a president of the United States visit during their term while on their watch. And he's fist bumping like they're all buddies. What are you, who is he buddies with? MBS and the Israeli leadership? War criminals? People who, who, whose human rights abuses are, are well-known and well-recorded. We need to demand accountability. We need to demand justice. We need to demand honesty. It could be, it could be that 
Most politicians are corrupt and don't care about these things. But there is a possibility also that some po politicians still remember why they got into this, that still care about this idea, that still care about certain ideals like democracy, not to go ahead, not to bomb uh, other countries and say it was for democracy, but to really support democracy, to really support the oppressed. I recall, and I'm sure many people recall, when Benjamin Netanyahu was still a young politician years ago, he was testifying uh, in front of Congress saying that Saddam Hussein has to be taken down, that America must uh, attack Iraq, and that when Saddam Hussein is taken down, there will be peace and there will be stability in the region. And then there was an entire team of American foreign policy experts who pursued that. And what happened? The destruction of Iraq was a catastrophe. It was catastrophic for the region. It was catastrophic for Iraq. It was, it was, it was catastrophic for America. The same thing with Afghanistan. Now they're trying to push America to, to, uh, to, to engage in a war against Iran. This absurd uh, statement that Joe Biden made while being interviewed uh, by Israeli TV, that America will resort to attack if need be. Does that also mean, sir, that you would use uh, force against Iran? Is that what that means? That was the last resort, yes. And that the Revolutionary Guard will remain uh, on the list of known terrorist organizations. What is this? How does this serve Americans? This is straight out of the playbook of Israel. This is out of the menu of, of a, a, foreign, a foreign policy menu that was written by the Israelis, by Benjamin Netanyahu, and is now continuing by these, you know, his followers, these people who succeeded him for a short time because he's probably coming back. But that's again another story. So they listened to Benjamin Netanyahu once, destroyed Iraq, brought enormous instability, not to mention death and suffering upon millions of people. And now they're encouraging America to do this with Iran? How does, how does not having an agreement with Iran serve American interests? It's a lie. And it comes straight out of the same playbook, out of the same menu, that uh, Israel has been pushing for decades and decades and twisting and pushing and America has been following. Another issue that is, that is, uh, that <laughs> words fail you sometimes in trying to express is the whole idea of the Abrahamic Accords. This idea that these regimes in the Middle East, these Arab countries, these regimes that rule these Arab countries, make peace with Israel while Israel is murdering and oppressing and maintaining an apartheid regime against Palestinians. So yes, a few regimes signed, as, 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 and of course they were bribed very well, for sure, with weapons, with funding, with access. So they signed these agreements. But it's, it, it's, this, this, came out, this, this came out of the, of the Trump regime, of the Trump administration. Why is Joe Biden not, not uh, you know, starting something new? Why is he following this? Joe Biden was supposed to start something new, not continue the Trump uh, policies. Yet here he is, and encouraging more countries to join the Abrahamic Accords, which are not accords that, that are they're not worth the, the ink or the paper that they're, they're written on. 
As long as the Palestinians are being oppressed, as long as Israel maintains an apartheid regime, as long as there is not full equality, full equal rights throughout all of historic Palestine, as long as settlements are being built, settlements meaning towns and cities for Jews only throughout all of Palestine, as long as this continues, there should be no peace, no agreements, no trade with the state of Israel. Just as was done with apartheid South Africa, so should be done with apartheid in Palestine. Again, which is known as Israel. That's what these ideals were about. If there is an idea that encompasses ideals, which are supposed to represent America, which clearly has never been lived up to, we only need to ask Native Americans and the indigenous peoples of, 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 of the Americas and black Americans and Japanese and other people who suffered here. We need only to ask them to see that this promise of an ideal, this idea has never been fulfilled or has never been lived up to. But to go this far away from it? While people that really believe in these things are, are voting for the same politicians who are clearly, clearly violating these ideals. The name Khashoggi, the name Shirin Abu Akli, the name uh, of Rachel Corey and Omar Abdul Jabbar, these names have to be in front of us all the time. And not to mention so many others who are who did not who do not reach the kind of you know the kind of uh, it's not fame you know but the, the, that are well known to people. The millions of Palestinians, Yemenite people, the people of Saudi Arabia who do not enjoy rights, women, and so forth. So if we believe in these ideals, then we have to demand our politicians. Uh, more. We have to demand accountability. We have to demand that they, they live up and that their policies and their foreign policy represent these ideas, represent this, uh, these ideals. That's the only way we're going to get change. And we have to demand it. Because American, for, American foreign policy right now in the Middle East and in Iran does not serve Americans. It serves APAC. It serves Israel. It serves the, the regime of Saudi Arabia. It does not serve American interests. It's time to change that right now.